Welcome to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where two friends experience popular nerdy franchises for the first time. My name is Leah, and this season, my co-host Kelly will be watching my favorite films, The Lord of the Rings, for the very first time, and I'm the expert. Let's dive in. Hello, we are back with The Two Towers. We Yay. just watched the first 27 minutes. How are you feeling, Kelly? Yes, we are officially on to the second movie now. And I'm very excited. We have some new characters and some new stuff going on. Yeah, in this section, we meet some new people, which I really like. We get introduced to Eomer and Eowyn and Theoden. Oof. <laughs> All the dins. Okay, well, <laughs> you saying these names out loud tells me that I'm pronouncing them wrong in my head even though I just heard them out loud. I was actually proud of Kelly because when we stopped the film just now she texted me with a character's name in it and I was like wow she's remembering the names? We are, are vastly improving. <laughs> I'm writing them down. There are some names that I did not write down and I'm not sure if they're going to be significant characters but we'll find out. We will find out. So let's do the rundown. The first 27 minutes of The Lord of the Rings 2. The Two Towers. <laughs> the Two Towers. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. Two Rings, Two Two kings. <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> okay, so we start the movie. We're overlooking these like really beautiful snowy mountains. I absolutely love shots like this. Just side note, because it just looks so beautiful to me. But anyway, while we're seeing these beautiful snowy mountains, we hear the sounds of like flashbacks of what was happening to Gandalf at the end of his life. Yeah. And then we actually get to see a little bit of the flashback and we get a little bit further information than we saw in the first movie. Mm-hmm. We see him fighting the battle. Balrog, I think that's what it's called. And him saying, fly you fools, which I remember I thought he said, run you fools, but you corrected me. So I'm pretty sure that's significant for some reason. It's not... It's actually not significant, but I can't explain it to you until we finish all the movies. Don't you worry, listeners. I will explain the Fly You Fools controversy to Kelly when the time is right. It's very important. It's very important. But yeah, so then we see Gandalf falling and then he's just falling for an insanely long amount of time. He ends up catching his sword too while he's falling. And then he starts fighting the Balrog. So he's like going at him with the sword while they're falling. Obscene amount of time from falling. Like this is a couple of minutes of falling and him hitting this demon. Yeah. And I actually wrote down, how has he not died from this fall? But at some point, we finally see the ground and they both land. And at the moment of impact, Frodo wakes up. So this is like a dream or memory or, you know, he's kind of having flashbacks in his mind of what happened. And we come across Frodo and Sam. They're traveling to Mordor. Sam is pretty much immediately giving up. (laughs) I know some time has passed since the last movie, but he is saying like, no, Nobody wants to go to Mordor and he's like, you have to face it. We're lost. We don't know where we're going, which I thought was kind of weird because Mordor is right in front of them. It's right in front of them, but they have to traverse through these rocks and over hills and stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, they just they're little hobbits. They never traveled before. They're lost. This is the biggest adventure they've ever been (laughs) on. Poor guys. They're on a big adventure and Sam's starting to feel it a little bit. And Frodo gets this weird, I I don't want to call it a flashback because I don't think it's a flashback, but he gets this weird moment where he sees the eye 
Eye of Sauron and he gets a little flustered and Sam is like, it's the ring, isn't it? And Frodo's like, it weighs heavy or something like that. The ring is starting to weigh heavy on him physically and mentally. They're going to say that a few times that Mm -hmm. the ring is heavy, it's heavy. It does mean physically he's being weighed down, but also mentally. You know, we've seen what happened to Gollum. We've seen what happened to Bilbo. That sort of transformation is also beginning to happen to Frodo because he's had the ring for a while now. Oh, that terrifies me. Oh my gosh. Well, he's got to get to Mordor. But I thought that that maybe only happened if you wore it. So that's a little frightening that the ring is just kind of causing these issues, even without him wearing yeah. it. He's just wearing it around his neck right mm-hmm, now. Exactly. So, terrifying. Okay, so they take a little break for some elvish bread, which I wrote that down because that's pretty exciting. They get to try different kinds of food. I have a little fun fact about the Lembus bread that they're eating. Tell us. It's mentioned in the books that Lembus bread fills you up after only two or three bites. So they don't really have a lot of it, oh, okay. but it can sustain them for a really long time. Well, that's good. But you know that they're hobbits and eating isn't just a form of sustenance for them. Eating is a hobby. So they're losing a lot of their culture by eating the Lembus bread. That makes me really sad. sad. I was excited for them to be trying this exciting foreign bread, but now I'm a little sad. Frodo was making a face about it, but Sam was like, oh, this Elvish stuff, it ain't bad. I I think that Sam is really saying that just to keep the spirits up more than anything. Yeah, Sam is really trying very hard to make sure that Frodo is happy, which is absolutely adorable. Mm -hmm. I love their friendship. So they continue the journey and it does turn out that they are actually going in circles because they come across a place where they've been before and then they smell something bad. They smell a nasty bog. Frodo is like, we're not alone. And then it immediately cuts to them sleeping, which I was like, these hobbits are idiots, but it's fine because if I were in a situation where somebody was following me, I would just drop too. So I get that. <laughs> and we see Gollum coming over to their campsite and he's like, thieves, dirty they little thieves. And he's, us. you know, having his weird little moment. And <laughs> it turns out that the hobbits are actually not sleeping. They were just doing it to trick Gollum. They're setting a trap. So I was like, oh, okay, can't relate, but they did a good job. So there's kind of this tussle that ensues where Gollum is trying to get the ring and he keeps on jumping onto Frodo and then Sam keeps throwing him off and then he jumps again onto Frodo who's really not doing much to try to fight this but you know he's doing his best. It's fine. Frodo's not the best fighter. We know this. No he is really not great at it which is why I relate to him so much and then eventually Gollum grabs a hold of Sam and is like I don't know if he's choking him or something where he's got a really tight grip on him and then Frodo pulls out a sword which I think mm-hmm. might be Bilbo's old sword because yeah. he's like I know you've seen this sword before. He says this is Sting you've seen it before yeah. and it's the sword that Bilbo had when Bilbo stole the ring from Gollum's cave. Right makes sense. Okay so then he's like I'm gonna stab you if you don't let go of Sam and then Gollum does and <laughs> immediately starts wailing just crying like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So they like put him on a leash and he's just shrieking and crying and having the craziest tantrum and they're just dragging him along on a rope, which honestly, a little off-putting. I'm curious your feelings on Gollum upon like really first meeting him because I think there's something kind of like cute about him and like very sweet and innocent. I've always had that feeling about him. You're making faces. Mm. I'm assuming that you don't agree with me, but I just feel so (laughs) bad for him in this scene and it throws me back to in the first movie Frodo says something to Gandalf Bilbo should have
have killed him. And Gandalf says it was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Yeah. And I think in this scene, you're really seeing that pity of like this poor, just pathetic creature. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt bad. I feel like it was a weird situation. I wouldn't have expected it of Frodo to be dragging somebody along, especially when he was making such a fuss. But Well, Sam had the leash. Yeah. Sam was the one with the leash. Yeah. So. I'm just surprised that Frodo went along with it. But thankfully, it doesn't last too long because Sam stops and he's like, he's just going to make so much noise. Everybody's going to hear us. And then they have a weird moment where they're trying to decide if Gollum deserves to die, which is another thing that I felt like Gandalf already kind of told Frodo it's not really his place to make that decision. And then he kind of starts trying to reason with Gollum and Gollum swears that he will serve Frodo and he swears it on the ring. And Frodo says that something about the ring, I don't remember, something about how the ring will hold him to that promise. So I thought that was really interesting. I don't know if that is a part of the ring's power or if he was just saying that to kind of try to intimidate Gollum. But Sam does not trust this guy. Yeah, Sam doesn't trust him. And also with the swearing it on the precious, I think that (laughs) Frodo's aware of how important this ring is to Gollum. And he really believes that Mm -hmm. if he's going to swear on the precious, that he's going to follow Frodo. Frodo believes that because he understands the power of the ring and he understands the hold it has over Gollum. But Sam, it it makes sense that Sam wouldn't believe it. So I don't think I would believe it either. But I think there's a little bit of disconnect with Sam because Sam doesn't know the power that it has. Yeah, that's something I actually hadn't considered. Mm -hmm. But Frodo actually talks to Gollum a little bit more, finds out that Gollum knows how to get to Mordor, which is something that these two hobbits desperately need because they are going in circles and they don't know where to go. They need a guide. So they do agree to take Gollum and he Mm -hmm. is very happy to be runner around on this journey and take them towards Mordor for the precious. So then we cut to Merry and Pippin. They are on the backs of the orcs, or I don't actually know what the difference is between the orcs and the orakai. It gets a little muddled for me too. I think it's a combination. My guess is that the leader of this group is an mm. orakai and that the rest of them are orcs. But I don't really know the difference either. So I was kind of just interchangeably writing orcs and orakai yeah. because I'm not 100% sure. I remember the orakai had the white handprints on them, but I didn't see that a lot with these orcs. So I was like, maybe these are just regular orcs. But anyway, they're still alive and they're on the backs of these orcs. And the leader says he smells man flesh, which I took to mean humans. And they know they're being followed. (laughs) A little moment that I would like to make a note of is Pippin has the great idea to remove his brooch and throw it on the ground so that when Aragorn and them show up. Oh, I didn't even know that was on purpose. Yeah, he did that on purpose so that they knew that they were going the right direction. And that symbol, the leaf, that's the tattoo that I have. Yes. Yeah. And that was finally the first moment that I really actually got to see it up close. And I was like, oh, that's Leah's tattoo. Yeah. But I, I actually wrote mm-hmm. that down later when he picks it that's up. That's it. Then we cut to Aragorn and Gimli and I briefly forgot Orlando Bloom's name, <laughs> but I remember now that it's Legolas. Yes. So the three of them are chasing after the orcs and Aragorn can hear from the sound of their footsteps that they have picked up their pace because they know they're being followed. And also Gimli is really, really bad at this chasing. And he actually says like cross country is wasted on me. <laughs> we're really trying. dangerous when we're sprinting. We're good in short distances, but he's just having a rough go. Gimli does this stuff all the time where like when he's not doing something well, he's like, well, I don't do this well, but you know what I do do well? This <laughs> other thing that you'll never get to see me do, but I promise you oh, I yeah. do that Very thing Very well. good at sprinting. Very good at short distances. He can never admit that he's wrong. No, so that was a good little bit of comedic relief. And then they are 
are in Rohan, which is the home of the horse lords. But Aragorn says something is wrong. Or maybe it was actually Legolas who said it. I, didn't I feel like it that was Legolas, yeah. But one of them says that something's wrong with the land. He can see farther and yeah. Yeah, it might have been because I know he saw stuff with his elf eyes. So he sees that they're taking the hobbits to Isengard, which is where Saruman is, aka the evil Gandalf, because they look very similar. <laughs> He's just the evil version. Wow. Um, <laughs> so then we get this interesting monologue from Sauron where basically he's saying he wants to rule the world with Sauron and he's just being generally like 100% mm-hmm. evil now has fully committed to the evilness he's birthing more armies he's destroying more trees which he actually even mentioned that he was going to destroy the forest so I was like I destroy knew destroy the old world destroy the forest yep, yep. Mm-hmm. does not like the environment <laughs> no not at all he's not a fan <laughs> they're forging new weapons and he actually also I think the group of people that he was convincing to join and to fight were humans right they call them the wild men at some point but they are mm-hmm. people whose land has been stolen and they want to get their land back. He's basically just Mm -hmm. telling them what they want to hear to get them interested in his cause. Right. He's saying this will begin in Rohan. Rohan is ripe to fall. So in Rohan, people are fleeing. This woman has this moment where she's sending her two kids away. Her younger daughter is like crying. I didn't write down their names, but they did say their names. And I was like, I don't know if these characters are going to be important, but it doesn't seem like they will be. So I didn't bother writing them down. I had a thought about this, a thought I've never had watching these films before in this scene. I don't remember the mother's name. I don't remember the son's name. The daughter's name is Freyda. So something that's always said about The Lord of the Rings is that it doesn't pass the Brechtel test, which is having two female (laughs) characters on screen at the same time Uh having a conversation other than about men. And let me tell you, though these are very small characters, Freyda and her mother, they pass the Brechtel test. They speak to each other and they're not talking about men. They're talking about, you know, the army is mm-hmm. coming to attack them. So I, I'm i going to fight that. I think this does pass the Brechtel test. But briefly. I have to say, I don't know if it counts because this girl is a very little girl. I don't think she's of a ripe age to start speaking about men yet. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But still, I'm saying that it counts. Okay, fair, fair. Well, we, people can argue with us if they Yeah, want. let us know if you agree with me on that. I think that there's another point in the Brechtel test that I can't remember. So maybe it doesn't fully, but whatever. I'm taking it. I've only ever heard of that from you, which I should probably be ashamed of because <laughs> I should know better. But yeah, no, so I, that's all I know. Yeah, as a film major. What I've learned from you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I should be better about that. But anyway, so now we're in Rohan and there's this woman who's like running into a room. There's this guy who's gravely injured there. His name is Theodred. Theodred, yeah. And he is the son of the king. I thought for a second that this woman was Arwen. She looks nothing like her. You know what? She had the nice outfit on and she was dressed up. It was. I, I thought for a second she seemed like royalty. For our viewers listening, it's been about a month since we saw the first film and Kelly clearly doesn't remember anything. <laughs> I don't remember what they look like. But you know what? I got to say, a lot of the people in these movies are looking very similar. They have the same (laughs) clothing and hairstyles and stuff. I just have to see if their ears are pointed or not. (laughs) So there's this old king guy yeah he's the king of rohan, king of rohan. Yeah. and he's super old i mean this guy is already <laughs> decaying a little bit and these two people this woman and a guy who i i think are his niece and mm-hmm. nephew are trying to convince him that this bad stuff is happening and that they need to fight back and there's a very creepy advisor who's like no no we don't have to do that and he is just being very obviously evil so the guy whose name is eomer eomer i try to 
write down the pronunciation when I hear it first so that I know how to pronounce it. But that one's a rough one. So I didn't know how to write that down. So Eomer, yeah. son of Eoman. Eoman? It doesn't matter. His dad is dead. Just Eomer okay. is fine. I'm trying to write down everyone's parents' names. Especially in Rohan, it's like interesting because their names are very similar. So Theoden is the king. Theoden's son, mm-hmm. his name is Theodred. Okay. And then Eomer and Eowyn are brother and sister. Yeah. So their names are very similar. So he's arguing with that advisor and he's like, when did Saruman buy you? And he basically implies that this advisor is now being influenced by Saruman and he is trying to, you mm-hmm. know, be evil because he wants a cut of whatever power Saruman's going to have. And he also says something like, oh, like, stop looking at my sister, which for that reason, he gets banned and banished from the kingdom, which I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So then we cut back to the remainder of the fellowship, the three men who are still chasing after the orcs to try to get to the hobbits. And Gimli still has terrible endurance. Getting He's worse. still really struggling along there. <laughs> but you know what? I was impressed that he was still going. I thought yeah. at some point he might give up, but no, he keeps going, which is pretty good. Very resilient. Yeah, he is. And then meanwhile, the hobbits actually refuse to keep going. So they just drop down and they're like, we need a break. And the orcs agree. The orcs said it. The orcs were Oh, the like, orcs said it? Oh, because I was like, that's really impressive that the hobbits have the power to stop them. But they weren't even running. They were on someone's back. But no, the, one of the orcs was like, we're not going any further until we get some oh, rest. Oh, okay. I thought that was the <laughs> hobbits that said no. it. So they're taking a little break. And Mary has this one heartbreaking thing where he yeah. says, maybe leaving the Shire was a mistake. And yeah. I felt so bad for him in that moment. I teared up. I didn't cry, but I teared I was actually thinking if we do another cry meter, which I'm guessing we're going to do, this is probably yeah. his first cry of the movie. I don't know if it counts. It like definitely touched me and I got it a little It doesn't count until, unless tears fall. So if yeah. tears aren't mm-hmm. falling, that's our test, okay. our Bechdel test. <laughs> if tears fall, <laughs> then it gets added to the cry tally. So then they hear these sounds and the trees are making noise and Pippin says that maybe the trees are alive because he heard this rumor that in the old forest there was something in the water that made the trees able to speak and whisper to each other and possibly even move, which I thought was really cool. And I thought that that was potentially foreshadowing of what was about to happen, but it wasn't. But maybe it's future foreshadowing. Well, we're only 27 minutes into the movie. Fair. We've got a lot to go. And you've made a lot of notes about, you've said it a few times now, about how Saruman does not like the forest. Yeah, yeah. So these orcs are actually kind of gross. Their faces are really gross, but they're also being really gross. Like they're trying to eat the hobbits. And (laughs) I think the guy who was the leader was like, no, you can't eat them. And then the orcs start fighting with each other. And somebody beheads who I assume is the leader. And then he's like, (laughs) trying not to laugh. He says, looks like meat's meat's back on the menu, boys. He says, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. (laughs) Which is such a good line. I had to write that down because I've heard that before. I'm crying. Oh my gosh, add this to the cry tally. That was such a good line, but I've heard it before, but I didn't know what it was from. Actually, Ryan says that a lot. So when I heard it, I just started cracking up. And then this one orc is coming for one of the hobbits. I couldn't tell. When they're not side by side, I can't tell which one's which, but one of them was about to be eaten by this orc who weirdly looked a lot like Nicolas Cage. I wrote that down. But he 
immediately what? gets killed. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> Look at this he orc does. for one second. That's so Yeah, funny. he has the very Nicolas Cage face. I'm so dead. yeah, and then he gets killed and it looks like they're about to be rescued by this team of horsemen. So these horsemen are coming, they're cutting everybody down. And then one of the hobbits, it looks like he got trampled. That was Pippin. Which is a very sad moment. But then it immediately cuts back to the remainder of the fellowship and there are some horses passing by and one of them calls out like oh hey what's going on and then the riders of Rohan surround them and they're being very intimidating and Aomer asks them what they're doing and the guys are not being very kind in response specifically Gimli is kind of being rude back to him and then there's this like little moment of tension but Mm -hmm. then Aragorn is like no we're not going to do this so he introduces himself he introduces everybody else and he's kind of explaining what's going on. And then Eomer says that Saruman has poisoned the mind of the king and that these riders have been banished, but they're still fighting for the cause. And then he says that they cut down the orcs that were in their land. And Aragorn is like, oh no, did you see the hobbits? They're really small. They look like children. And Eomer is like, uh, we killed everybody and then we burned their bodies and they're pretty much dead. So everybody's really sad because they're like, oh no, the hobbits are dead. And he's like, Uh. you can search for them if you want. Here's a couple of horses. Sorry for killing your friends, but you know, don't have any hope. And then he just leaves and everybody's just really sad. And that... That's where we ended it. I have to say something about that last scene too. While there's still tension between the horsemen and the fellowship, Eomer says to Gimli, I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a few feet higher from the ground. And immediately, Legolas jumps in and says... He would be dead before his sword hit the ground or something like that. And I love that moment because prior to this, Gimli and Legolas have been fighting and they don't really get along. Mm -hmm. But now that they've gone on this journey together and they've spent so much time together, a friendship and a bond is forming between them, which I like. Yeah, I actually didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. We can see the growth because once upon a time, this was a conversation between Legolas and Gimli butting heads with each other. And now they're on the same team and they're really taking that to heart. So that's really cool. But I am a little bit sad, I have to say, because I don't know if the hobbits are still alive. There was actually one moment, I didn't mention this, but there was one moment right after one Mm -hmm. of the hobbits gets trampled and Legolas looks up at the sky and he says, the red sun rises, blood has been spilled tonight. And that gave me absolute chills. Also reminded me a little bit of Zelda with the Mm -hmm. blood moon rising. And I thought that was a pretty cool moment, but it also made me a little sad. But I do think that there's a chance that one of them is still alive. Can you tell me which one was potentially trampled that was Pippin who was potentially trampled and Pippin is the one that's kind of been making all the mistakes throughout this film he was the one that Gandalf yelled at a lot and whatever Mm -hmm. I mean he did have the great moment where he pulled the brooch off and threw that on the ground because Mary was a little passed out at that point but yeah he's the one who's been making all the mistakes and he was the one that was potentially trampled in that moment so here's what I assume is what happened I think that Pippin is dead probably, but Merry, I have a feeling that he survived. So I'm going to hold on to hope. And that's actually kind of funny because in the beginning of the first movie, I did not like these two. And I was like, these two idiots setting off fireworks, being dumb. But now I'm a little sad. Yeah, you didn't even write their names down because you didn't think they were going to come back. (laughs) I didn't think that we were going to see them ever again. But here they are being relatively important characters to the plot. And already we have potentially them experiencing 
inspiring, but I think that Mary is still alive. Mm -hmm. So hopefully he will catch up with the rest. I would feel really sad if he's trapped on his own right now and just being very alone. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to have to see. How do you think that I'm doing in terms of predictions here? I mean, I don't want to give anything away in terms of what your predictions may or may not, you know, be true or not. But what I will say is you pick up on a lot of stuff. Like, I think you're really good at narrating what's going on, especially in this section. I feel like we get a lot of new information. We're introduced Mm -hmm. to Gollum. We're introduced to Eowyn, Eomer, Theodred, Grimma. Like, we get all these new characters. And it's a lot to sort of navigate. But you did a really good job. Thank you. The only thing I need to work on is my pronunciations because that is rough, which is ironic because they're saying the names out loud. I know. So I I should be better at this, but I'm not. Yeah, you definitely should be. All right. So hopefully by next week, I will get the names a little bit better. And what are your thoughts on this section of the movie? What do you think of the second movie so far? Since I know you've never seen it before. I've never seen it before. It's my first time. I love this section of the movie just because we do get introduced to one of my favorite characters, who is Eowyn. And she's great. And I can't wait to see more of her. Okay. I didn't think that she was going to come back after that one moment. So that's interesting. Really? Yeah. I thought she was just like... You didn't think she was going to come back? I don't know. I just thought she was just like a little side character girl and AMR is going to be like, oh, I need to protect my sister. Well, that might be a prediction for you. (laughs) So you spoiled it. Okay. Ruined. That's the end of the podcast. Now Kelly knows everything that happens. (laughs) All because I said that Eowyn is my favorite character. Well, I'm saying Eowyn's my favorite character at this point. I've said Sam's my favorite character. Mary's my favorite character. Pippin's my favorite character. You have a lot of favorites. I have a lot of favorite characters. (laughs) One thing I do want to say, not really related to this film or this section, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening. You know, we've gone through the first movie. We've had just an overwhelming response from people. People are really enjoying the podcast. Yeah, and it really does mean a lot to us. You know, both of us create content online, but we're not specifically in this world. So it's kind of fun for us to branch out and do something a little bit different. So thank you guys so much for the support so far. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can tweet us. We are on Twitter at All Geek Podcast and we're on all of your favorite streaming platforms. So make sure you give us a rating if you like us. Yeah, and we've just been having a lot of fun making this. Kelly and I have been wanting to do a creative project together for a while and I'm glad that this is what we ended up on because it's been a lot of fun. So thank you all for supporting us and continuing to come back each week and listen. Yes, and we will see you next week for part two of Lord of the Rings 2. Two towers, two lords, two swords. Two kings, two Too fast. fast. Too furious. Too furious. <laughs> Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the It's All Geek to Me podcast, hosted by Leah and Kelly. Make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and give us a rating. You can also find us on Twitter at All Geek Podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday. See you next week. <laughs>